1: We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. New Japan on Access will be debuting this Friday with the legendary Jim Ross on commentary alongside Josh Barnett. Jim, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So American wrestling fans are very familiar with your commentary. And with the new signings to WWE from New Japan, like Styles, Nakamura, Gallows, and Anderson, do you feel that this will help bridge the gap between American audiences and New Japan as it is now?
2: I would say that uh, the positive portrayal of AJ Styles and Nakamura, the Bullet Club guys that you mentioned, uh, will make people stop and think more about New Japan and how uh, how talented the roster is. Uh, I, that's what I discovered when I saw them live in January of 15 at the Wrestle Kingdom show. So, yeah, I think it'll help them. Uh, it's, it's, it just creates more brand identity. Because Nakamura... You know, somebody can, I can argue that AJ a, a TNA guy as well, but certainly nobody can argue that Nakamura is a New Japan guy through and through. So, uh, And I think he's going to be a big star for WWE in the, in the upcoming months.
3: So, I mean, with that being said, Jim, I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, with Nakamura coming in, you know, what, the charisma, the the strong style, the look, do uh, you think this is kind of a can't-miss guy in the WWE? Uh, certainly, I, I'd like to think so.
2: I think you got to go out of your way to screw it up. So yeah, I think he's an, I think he's, he's as close to a can't miss guy as they've they've hired in a long time.
1: Nakamura obviously is going to make his debut WrestleMania weekend, but that'll be on NXT. Touching on the main card for that weekend, which is WrestleMania. What's your, your opinion on Roman Reigns and how he's being handled and booked leading up to WrestleMania?
2: Well, I talked about this on my own podcast, uh, on the roster Report. I. I I, I have a great deal of confidence in Roman Reigns. I like him. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him. I just think, quite simply, he's he's, a, he's a miscast, for lack of a better term. He's not he's not being booked as strategically as I would suggest he could be if he were a uh, a villain. And maybe that's the plan. At the end of the day, I think that uh, the Triple H match with uh, Reigns is set up perfectly for a double switch, much like Austin and Bret Hart had at WrestleMania 13. So, uh, but I think at the end of the day, no matter how it's done, uh, Reigns will get, be more viable to the brand if he's a villain.
3: And, and there, I mean, Shane, the man just made his return and, you know, you were still with the company when Shane left. Um, when Shane left, you know, what was the the feeling, uh, did you think he would ever make a return to WWE? Or did you think he was really done with the company for some time? No, not
2: really. Uh, you know, in this business you learn early on to never say never because crazy things happen that are just illogical. Uh, I was, I would have never forecasted Shane leaving WWE, quite frankly. He did do his own thing, still doing his own thing, but, uh, I'm glad to see him back, but no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it would be over because it's just the bloodline runs too deep. You know, it's, he's a, he's got two sons. He's got three sons, but all maybe be, who, who knows? They may be wanting to follow in the family business. You never know. So I think it's imperative that he stay connected to his son degree.
1: agree. Talking about, you know, people coming back, you're starting a partnership with new Japan pro wrestling and calling shows there. But do you ever see yourself returning to the WWE to call a match, whether it's just one or something like a WrestleMania? Do you leave that possibility open?
2: Well, the con- my contract uh, with uh, Access TV will allow me to do a one-off. But, you know, I don't have any idea. I don't spend any time thinking about it. I got with the, between uh, my weekly podcast uh, this Friday night, debuting on Access, Saturday, March 12th on CBS Sportsnet on doing boxing. I'm busy as heck, and I, but it's a good business. So I, I don't really give that, that much thought. It's not something that I would not do if they, look, it's, it's, obviously I'm not an idiot. Uh, I, I, I would certainly, if they said, HAR, you want to come call a match at WrestleMania? Well, of course I would. You know, why wouldn't I? I mean, what reason would I not do it? So, uh, but you know, I don't, I don't have any anticipation that's going to happen, nor am I expecting it. I'm, I'm fine with, with the way it's all played out right
3: now. You know, you know. Speaking of people coming back, you know, there's, there's always talk about CM Punk and the decisions he made, and whether he'll ever be seen again in a WWE ring or any ring for that matter. Uh, what are your thoughts on where Punk is right now with his MMA career, and do you ever think he might get the the, the feeling to come back to the WWE or any wrestling capacity?
2: I would be really surprised if uh, he decided to circle back around and, and rejoin WWE. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of bridges have to be mended. You know, he's got a there's a lawsuit there. I think he's enjoined with uh, Coke Cabana with the WWE doctor. I don't know. I haven't followed that. I don't know what's all, you know, all the intricacies of it. But uh, that would have to be uh, addressed. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it'd be a great fit right now. Uh, but, you know, strange things have happened, I assume. I think he really wants to give the UFC every chance that he can. And that's not a one-fight deal. I mean, you know, I don't know what you what you. What can truly be determined in one fight? Uh, I guess you know maybe maybe you can say, well, oh, that guy just really sucks. But I just don't think he's going to be a. I think he, I think he's in it for a, a few fights if he can get healthy. And I'm actually seeing fight. I think he'll do well. And you know, hey, he's got to do it. He's got to do it now. He didn't have time to let it evolve and develop. He's got a learning curve has going to be quick. At his late 30s age, uh, you know, he's got a uh, he's got a fish or cut bait.
1: Talking about CM Punk, many attribute kind of the new NXT brand of wrestling to CM Punk and opening up the indies to the WWE. You being a fan of New Japan and now calling it, do you see the NXT model working long-term, and do you see it carrying over into the main roster, that style
2: of wrestling? It, it seems like it, just from a sure numbers game, it's inevitable that it will carry over because you can't reteach everybody everything when they, when they graduate NXT, so to speak and make it to the main roster. You can't go under a, a constant process of deep programming. So I would think that that NXT athletic influence is going to uh, affect the main roster in time without question. And if you miss the CM Punk, uh, he would be ideal in the, way the, or the style that we get to call on Friday nights in New Japan because he's very physical, he's very cerebral, uh, he doesn't do a lot of wasted motion stuff, uh, his, his game is logical, and that's what you get pretty much every every match in uh, in New Japan. It's it's uh, it's some good stuff. You know we got Nakamura Friday night, we got AJ Styles Friday night, Tanahashi Friday night. Uh, it's a real cool show, and there's two matches that make up the whole hour, which I really dig because now you can sit back and tell a story. And I think I'm a storyteller, so it's really, it was really fun. It's kind of a I felt like I was back home back in the you know earlier in my career. It was really good.
3: Well, you know, speaking of telling stories, and you know, guys that can talk very well, uh, you're an MMA fan as well. This week we have the Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fight. Two guys who seem like they could cut a promo in any federation. Um, what are your thoughts on that fight coming up, and how do you see it turning out?
2: Well, you know, I'm not. I know that McGregor is a favorite. It's like three one favorite, right? Am I close on that? Three one. Hmm. So you know, Vegas is usually pretty smart. But I, for some reason, and I don't have anything scientific other than just a gut feeling. I just think it's going to be a real close, a much closer fight than uh, perhaps is predicted or projected with those three to one odds. Uh, you know, anytime you're fighting with four-ounce gloves, anything can happen. Uh, and I, I, it seems like, you know, Diaz is not going to be, I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, intimidated. I, I have a hard time thinking that McGregor's going to get too far in his head. I uh, just, you know, I, 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 I'm just waiting for them to interview Nate Diaz, uh, Nick Diaz, rather, and uh, get some sound bites from him about Conor McGregor. And now, put that with McGregor sound bites, you got yourself a hellacious pay-per-view promo. I think it'll do a million buys. I, I think it's going to be a great, uh, a, a really a unique attraction because you know it's going to have some extracurricular stuff in it. It's not going to be the cleanest, and purest MMA fight ever. It's going to be rough. And it's going to be edgy, and I think that's going to sell, sell pay-per-views. Talking
1: about you know your forte outside of the wrestling ring, you're going to be calling the Zab Judah fight in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. What can people expect from you as a boxing commentator?
2: Well, to, to not to try to per- perpetuate myself as a boxing expert. Uh, I'm a broadcaster. I'm a boxing fan. Uh, I'm going to be working uh, uh, along this journey with uh, Al Bernstein so why wouldn't I use a Hall of Fame color analyst all I could? And so I will. So i but I will I will seek out information about the fighters as human beings, who they are in their civilian life, and bring little sound bites little nuggets of uh, basic useless trivia to on those guys. But so that you gotta you know, you gotta care about the fighters to, for the thing to work. You gotta have some emotion. So I won't give you a reason they'll either like or dislike the the fighters because let's be honest about it. There's a lot of hungry guys in this show. They really want to make a name for themselves on this uh, this big platform. Uh, but we don't. Box, Boxing is not loaded with a plethora of household names that are available. So you got to create your own stars based on how they perform. So it's a it's a unique uh, concert, so to speak, of the the fighters making the music and the announcers making the lyrics. And, uh, but I think it's going to be good. I'm going to, I, I know my role, as The Rock would say. I know my role, and I'm a storyteller, and I'm going to let the story come to me and try to share it with the viewer and utilize an all, uh, Hall of Fame color guy, uh, as much as he wants to talk.
3: Jim, thank you for taking the time out to speak with us. You got your hands on so many things, and I also know you have something going on at WrestleMania weekend. Would you like to plug that real quick for our listeners?
2: Well, you know, uh, uh when we talked, uh, before, uh, you know, I was talking about the Fight app, you know, the FITE, the app. That we, we carry MMA, boxing, and uh, pro wrestling on it. It's a free app. It's really, really cool. If you're a combat sports guy, in any level, this app is, you know, it's free to download. You've got a smart device and Wi-Fi. You can watch pretty much, you know, an endless amount of events, some free and some on pay-per-view. And then down in Dallas, I'm doing three shows at the House of Blues there, Saturday, April 2nd, uh, the day before WrestleMania, I'll have a show right before the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, and then one afterwards at the House of Blues, and then I got one after Monday Night Raw on uh, Monday night, obviously, Uh, so so that's my third show, so, and they're looking like they're all going to sell out. I talked to the House of Blues today, and they're very excited, and we got a few hundred tickets left for all three shows, but not many, and uh, so it looks like it's going to go clean for us, and that's always fun. I enjoy those shows, and this be the third year in a row I've done shows at WrestleMania, but I've never done three before. I've always done one, so it was a little bit of a gamble, but it's working. So people are great, they're loyal, and and I'm grateful for that. I can tell you for sure.
3: Awesome. So. Once again, uh, you know, thank you for joining us. Uh, Look forward to it. I've already seen the first episode of you calling New Japan on access. That that was great. I hope all the listeners here will get a chance to check you out. And then in a couple weeks, we'll get to see you out here in Vegas. So uh, we look forward to seeing you.
2: Okay, man. I look forward to seeing you as well. Andreas, I hope your family's good, and I appreciate you having me on, you guys. Thanks, you. Thanks, sir. All right. Thank you. Styles executing perfectly on Okada. Now how quickly he can turn it around there with that snap suplex. Nope. Okada countered exactly at the opportune moment that he had to because Styles looking to put Okada away just moments ago. Gut wrench, Styles kicking his legs to get some balance and uh, take the momentum away. And oh, looking for the Rainmaker and Pele kick, Okada in trouble and the drop kick. Folks, this match will continue, don't go away.
1: What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. By now, you know that I am half of the team, Kel Dansby. Yep, and it's Andreas Hale. And today, we're going to be at Conor McGregor Open Workouts. It's McGregor Week. It's not Red Panty Night anymore. Nah. Because uh, Nate Diaz doesn't have anyone to wear red panties for, I guess. Right. Unless you put him on Nate, but... Yeah, uh, that's nah, not good. I do that. Nah, Nate or Nick, no panties anywhere around that camp. Uh, probably get stocked and slapped for saying that. Yeah. So that. we're doing that today. Connor looks like a different man at 170, though. Yeah, he looks
4: healthy. He looks happy. He looks he looks physically like he doesn't. He's not killing himself to make weight.
1: For the first time in what?
4: For, since we've seen him since he joined he the UFC. Like,
1: he looked like the Skeletor before.
4: Yeah, he was killing himself to make weight. So he looks he looks
1: solid now. It looks solid. And they have a decent fight card under it. I mean, it's it's not horrible. Obviously, they're the main attraction. Misha, who you had lunch with, and Holly Holm are kind of the undercard to it. Like it they're like they're the forgotten. afterthought. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird that the,
4: a fight of this
1: magnitude with Holly Holm, who just
4: decimated Ronda Rousey, has been the afterthought. Even though the promo show it, but everybody's talking about Conor and Nick. I mean Nate. So it's like i'm really looking forward to holly and and misha because i think that
1: fight is super competitive i think so too i mean misha just couldn't beat ronda and she gave ronda some of the best fights we've seen out of anyone and holly didn't look great before the ronda fight she was perfectly set up to beat rousey and she admitted such that they had practiced for that moment for years but she didn't look like a world beater against anyone else no rocky peninson she didn't look great um
4: I know, I know. Winklejohn and her her team has said that you know she was holding back, but I don't believe anybody holds back in a fight. You're in a fight. I'm not going. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to hold back my tricks and maybe maybe I'll win. I just think that what you know the, the matchup. She was learning how to, to gauge range and space and dealing with the stand up. Ronda just didn't have any stand up for, her and Holly just beat her up. That's all there really was to it. It was a perfect style matchup.
1: All right. Before we give, let's just run down the card predictions uh, for some of the main. We don't fights. have to run down this entire card. because no, when you just look at it, it's kind of shaky. Mean, Diego Sanchez, Jim Miller. That actually should fight be fun. Should, that's, that's another fight that they put on the fight pass to get people to buy it? Because yeah. that's a fight that could have been on main card. Yeah, but we've I seen mean, them do that a lot lately.
4: Actually, when you look at this card, I mean, it, it's a, it's a hell of a fight. Uh, you know Diego's—he's crazy as hell. He's gonna yeah. fight. He's gonna bring it. He's gonna stand um, there and brawl. Which and, and is great. Jim Miller's no punk either. Um, although I am picking Jim Miller to win this fight. If this fight somehow gets to the ground, Jim should have all the
1: advantages there. Definitely. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll take Jim Miller. Diego's just too up and down for me. And obviously, he's on the back end of his career. Oh, he yeah. can only take so many punches to the head. Yeah. So I'll take Jim in that he one. He does really like blocking with his face. Yeah. You know, it's, he, it's not the best strategy. Yeah. Um, the preliminary card, whatever, I guess, uh, we have Brandon Thatch headlining it. Yeah, it really is a whatever. So it's like, okay, the the people get something for free, but it's not much of something. You yeah. know you know why we're here.
4: Yeah, that, and that's exactly what, they, like, they should start the promo with Marshawn Lynch and <laughs> <laughs> say, so you know I'm here. Because there's nothing else, like, everything else is like elevator music before the two, uh, the main event and the co-main event.
1: Exactly. On the main card, we have Amanda Nunez. Versus Valentina, how do you say her last name?
4: Uh, she's, she's tough. Valentina's tough. It, this could be a pretty fun fight with these two ladies. Uh, yeah,
1: Nunez, I don't know where she's at. I
4: mean. Well, they're jockeying for position, that's for sure. Yeah. Valentina's got a lot to prove, and Nunez needs to hang around and prove that, you know, she should be next in line.
1: The um, division's wide
4: open. Yeah, it really is. You know, you know, one or two victories away, it's just like the heavyweight division. All you need is a couple of victories, and you're in the title
1: picture. Uh, and then we have Corey Anderson versus Tom Lawler. Corey's been doing all right though, like sneaky, like quiet. Corey's- Still the worst nickname in all of MMA. Twenty-five-eight
4: beasting is is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's it, this is a fight that's set up for Corey to look good. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler's is moving. You know, he's at light heavyweight now, so um, he's First not re- fight
1: there. I mean, it could be one of those things where it's his natural fit though.
4: Well, see, uh, having lunch with Misha Tate, uh, Lawler was there as well, and did you just kind of feel like Lawler knows he's being overlooked? And he's been the underdog, I believe, in his past three fights. And this is just another one. So he's really got – he really has nothing to lose. Um, Regardless, though, I'm still picking Corey Anderson to win because the kid has been rolling lately. Yeah, Uh, I mean,
1: he's – Yeah. He has to get, like, a legit – Opponent. Well you so, will. Like, like top five guy in a second. I mean, he's been rolling. Gotta yeah. test him.
4: He's he's gonna have to look good in this
1: fight. And that division doesn't have too much movement. That's my no, problem. No, that like, division it, has no movement. Everyone at the top. I mean, DC has fought damn near everyone. John Jones has fought everyone. Uh we all know Rumble yeah is getting the next shot. So it's like what now? There's no real contenders in that division. No. It's the same old guys. Yeah, it's, it's just, so like who wants to see a shot and movement.
4: shogun and it's like Bader and Glover to
1: share. Like we've. But now seen, we got to feed those guys to yeah. someone young, like Anderson, if he wins. So this is a big statement fight for him. Um, Latifi next. Uh, I don't care. That's, it's, it, it could be a could fun be fight. A fun fight. Yeah, with Volante and Latifi, Volante, they're gonna throw
4: hands, but uh, it's uh, gonna
1: be good. It's a.
4: It's not a it's, loser goes home fight. No, it's, but it's pretty close.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the divas match. At Mania, most <laughs> years. It's kind of like, okay, go get your snacks, take your bathroom break. It's going to be entertaining if you want to stay. If you have to watch it, you can find some fun there. Right. But if you have to miss it, don't worry about it. It's cool. Come back for the main events. And then we have Holly Holm, Misha Tate. Once again, we don't know what to make of Holly. She doesn't lose, but she really didn't look as impressive against everyone else as she did Ronda Rousey.
4: Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's a tough style matchup for Holly Holm. Um, Misha Tate doesn't have to worry about somebody talking to her all the time. And with the Ronda Rousey fights, you know, she always had somebody in her head. Uh, Kat Zingano was a different type of fighter uh, for Misha as well. If Misha can close the distance, she has a chance. Um, Winkle John said that Holly's going to knock her out in two. I don't know if I can see it, but I feel like if Misha's not able to make a statement earlier, Holly will take her out in two rounds. It will only be a matter of time. Misha doesn't have a lot of time to waste to prove that she can hang with Holly home. And Misha's kind of said to me at lunch, she's like, you know, I can hang with her and strike it. And I'm like, no. No, don't try that. <laughs> that's not where. That's not what you do. She's a bulldog, though. She's not going to quit. She'll get hit in the face. She'll keep coming at you. She
1: gets hit in the face quite a bit.
4: Yeah, but she, she, you've never seen her get flattened or knocked out. You know, when she get, when she got stopped against Zingano, she was pissed off, even though she was taking some nasty ground and pound. Um, It's really a matter of can Misha get Holly to the ground? And and, and, and what will she do with it when she gets to there?
1: Because on the feet, there's just really no match. Holly should just take her apart. Definitely. Um, We'll see if Holly has that killer instinct because that was the other thing we saw in previous fights is that she was okay coasting at a distance yeah, and outpointing people. Like the boxing mentality kicked in. She was like, I'll just dance around the octagon and just pepper you with this jab and this kick and take the points right. and go home. Uh, I don't think Misha is going to allow that to happen. I think it goes all the way. I don't see a knockout. I I don't see Misha stopping Holly because I think Holly's escapability on the ground is underrated. Now, if she's stuck on the ground, back to the mat, she might be in some trouble. But we saw with Ronda, she was even to get up, and Ronda's big for that division. Right. And she was able to shrug her off, get her off her back. I, I like that about Holly. She has a good base. As long as she doesn't get trapped on the ground, she's fine. Misha doesn't Finish her on the feet No I think Holly Doesn't press hard enough To finish Misha And I think uh, Home wins You you decision? Yeah Yeah. I'll go four rounds to one And that's just me Being nice to Misha Tate I'm gonna go
4: ahead And say that Holly's gonna finish this fight I I think that uh, As bad as Misha Wants to win I think And I think it's gonna be One of those fights Where the ref's gonna step in And Misha's going to complain I think what's going to happen is she's going to get caught with one, reel back into the cage, and Holly's just going to throw the thunder at her until the ref stops it. I can't even remember who they said the ref was going to be for this fight. Um, if it's Herb Dean, as yeah. long as you don't knock somebody out at the bell in the third round, you're yeah. okay. You got plenty of time. Right. You got you got all day. But Herb will let that shit go. Yeah. You'll we'll be knocked
1: ch- out, wake up, knocked out again, wake <laughs> up again, and be fine. You can still damn near win the fight.
4: We'll talk about that fight in a second, but... Yeah, I really see that You know, Misa will press action early, be fun early, but as the fight progresses and each round has to start with a stand-up, Holly's just going to have more opportunities to hurt her, and she'll do it.
1: Next fight, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, the main event. Yeah, man. Time for The Notorious. Um, t- two rounds. I just want to see two rounds. McGregor gets him out of there. Two yeah, it, rounds. And it, that's... I don't even believe that shit. Tell you the truth, um, I just really want to see two rounds, so I'm trying to speak it into existence. It wouldn't surprise me if he knocks him out in two minutes.
4: Um, the short camp's gonna hurt Nate, and and that's really all there is to it. The short camp is really gonna hurt Nate, and it's not to say that Nate, you know, the further preparation would cause Nate to win, but conditioning is going to be an issue. Um, Nate's been known to be one of those guys that takes good fighters out of their game. Connor's not one of those guys. Yeah. You know, you can't talk to him and get into his head and piss him off and make him fight like Michael Johnson fight him or make him fight him like Cowboy fight him. It doesn't happen. Connor McGregor's going to do what Conor McGregor wants to do. Um, the only interesting thing is I want to see how this power carries over at 170. You know, this is a two Think weight it class. I don't know. You know, Nate's got a great chin. He's only been stopped by Josh Thompson. Nobody else has knocked out Nate Diaz. So. For for somebody like Conor McGregor, he's gonna make he's gonna look to make a statement. At 170, that's a lot of weight. You yeah. know the 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 power that you have in 145, being walking around at 170, uh, it's not the same. And he was on the herd the other the other day, and uh, McGregor said something to the point that he's underweight right now. Yeah, which
1: he's makes, eating like three breakfasts a day. Yeah, the last, uh, embedded.
4: Which when you say stuff like that, it's like, all right, well, you're still not a natural 170 guy. You know if. If you're interested in finding somebody like Robbie Lawler, this
1: could be an issue. Definitely. But Nate's not a natural 170 guy. He's fought there before. Yeah. But, I mean, 155 is his home. He has trouble cutting down to it sometimes, but that's because of laziness. 155 is his home. So it's two 155ers fighting at 170. And I give McGregor the nod still because his stuff is just so predicated on timing and precision. He knocked out Aldo moving backwards. Yeah. That has nothing to do with punching power. Like yeah. it's and Aldo had hadn't been stopped in years, so I mean it's legit. Ever, <laughs> Ever. Did, yeah. I thought he lost his one fight.
4: He lost his first fight, I hadn't lost since.
1: Yeah, uh, it's been yeah. ten years, <laughs> and he was out in thirteen seconds. So I mean, Connor's speed looks like it has transitioned. The flexibility was my concern. Like, how do you put on muscle and keep the flexibility? It seems as though the weird ass rhythmic coach is back, and yeah. McGregor's still lanky and weird. So as long as he keeps that. Two minutes, man. Two minutes is what I give Nate because you can't drop your hands against Connor. I don't care. You could be dominating the whole fight. You drop your hands and try to just stand there with your arms crossed in front of him. You catch a kick right to the grill. Yeah. It's just not going to work. That style isn't going to work against Connor. You can't stand straight in front of him and just challenge him to hit you.
4: I'll, I'll tell you what, though. As soon as those two are across the again with each other and they're looking at each other and I expect two middle fingers from both sides, Correct. I'm in. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> How far it goes after that, I have no idea. I can't even tweet
1: during the fight because I don't want to miss it yeah although fight taught me
4: a lesson <laughs> you missed that huh
1: no no i saw it oh okay thankfully my phone was about to die that's the only reason i wasn't uh, tweeting so i was like yo i'm gonna just preserve battery put my phone in my pocket saw everything i
4: didn't have time to react like i looked <laughs> and i was like oh shit, he's dead like After that's awesome jumped up yeah that's crazy but like, like you it, can't
1: even control that reaction it's bananas um so that's this fight let's talk about the fight that just happened last weekend anderson silva michael bisping Bisping gets the win he he's been searching for almost his entire career. Anderson said he gave not win this big one. They Anderson
4: gave the fight away.
1: Yeah, I mean, Anderson fought like Anderson though. He's just used to stopping people, See, and he did stop him.
4: Well, the, the third round needed the face, which is more, which is very much the fault of Bisping, more than almost more than anything else that Anderson did, because Bisping was busy telling Herb Dean about his mouthpiece, and he looked away, and that's all it took. There's. You know, I've gotten got a lot of, with the Mayweather. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of shit about this column that I wrote about Anderson Silva. Don't be like Roy Roy Jones and continue fighting.
1: I liked it. I read it.
4: And there were some people, a couple of MMA fighters, were like, "What do you see?" Because I, I talked about his lack of usage of his fundamentals, and people were like, "What are you saying? He doesn't have fundamentals?" No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like Roy Jones, they relied on, on reflexes and precision striking rather than covering up. So he never really got hit on the chin. So he never really knew what – never really had to deal with it. So getting hit in the chin with headgear on is much different. You can probably count the number of times Anderson was been hit in the face square before the Weidman fights.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, you look at Chell. Chell got him three times in two fights. But what happened? Is it, it, He like, stumbled and recovered, and one he, time he turtled up. It seems like his only defense is going – Like pulling guard on the ground and turtling up, which is not a good defense.
4: And this is what I'm saying. like Anderson Silva and Roy Jones are very similar. They broke every fundamental rule in the book. Like when you pull your head back, anybody in boxing says don't pull your head back. But Anderson does it and drops his hands all the time. Constantly. It's how he fights. But once your reflexes are just that much slower, you get caught. And if you haven't been punched in the face, that's why I always said Floyd Mayweather was athletic as Roy Jones. But he made sure he was always fundamentally sound. Sure he could dip and get away from those punches. But that shoulder roll was a thing of beauty. Anderson Silva doesn't possess that. As he gets older, those reflexes are slower. You could kind of see him trying to gauge his age in the cage. Like, that was crazy. Gauge his age in the cage. (laughs) But you can see him, he's moving his hands and trying to get Bisping to fall into his traps, but his traps are a little bit slower. And Bisping's like, he doesn't really have it anymore.
1: But you still got to be wary because it's still Anderson Silva. Yeah, so you you don't want to press too much and leave yourself open to get caught. But, yeah, Anderson, like you said, just dropped his hands against the cage and was just moving. It was like it's not as fast as it once was. And at times you were just like, yo, he's getting hit. He is and getting hit. can he take these punches? He did. Um, once again, I thought it was a stoppage in the third. I thought it was before the bell. I thought Herb Dean was running over. And I thought Silva walked away. I've seen plenty of knockouts like that. Could Silva have jumped on top of him and kept punching him? Sure. He should have. But – Herb was going over anyway. Well, he was going over because the round was over.
4: See, you then know, that, that's, that's the hard point. Like, Anderson Silva thought he had the walk-off home run. Instead, he had a two-run double. And yeah. <laughs> he stopped running. He stopped running the bases. As soon as he caught Bisping, he should have jumped on him. But it's Anderson Silva. This is what he does. Yeah. And that's, and that's and my whole point: is like, now looking at Anderson Silva, I'm saying, I don't want you to be like Roy Jones because Roy Jones is still trying to capture that old glory. And I feel like Anderson is going to continue to do the same. There's not going to be any change in Anderson Silva's fight plan. No. I mean, he doesn't know how to fight any other way. No, this is how he fights. It's, yeah. it's
1: based on athleticism and reflexes. And I don't, there's still people like Dana White who gave him the fight, by the way. Which So we're I talking like it, it was clear cut. I mean, the fourth round was the swing round where yeah. people said he pulled back off of the gas best being wanted. Um I can see that going either way. To tell you the truth, I have to rewatch the fight. The night of, I gave it to Bisping, but I I I watched it twice.
4: I gave it to Bisping. The whole fight, I kept yelling, what the fuck are you doing, Anderson? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, after he rocked him with that knee in the third round, he should have been all over in the fourth. But again, it seems like a man who's worried about his own mortality.
1: But see, I can't even blame him for the fourth, because weird shit happened in the fourth. So you come out, you take, uh, or you get the poke in the eye. Right. So Bisping gets to chill. Uh, Oh no, excuse me, Anderson Yeah, he got the poke in the eye. It was a low blow, I believe, in the fourth round And then a low blow as well So that's another time Plus, after the third round, he got like two minutes of rest Because people rushed in the cage, didn't know what was happening Yeah, that was a mess So you add in an extra minute of rest between rounds Two minutes after the low blow And then a minute after the high poke That's a lot of time to rest and recover your chin After you were just knocked out And that's what helped Bisping win that round Along with Anderson not pushing forward, but even if you tried to push him forward, it was a kick in the nuts. It was an eye gouge. It, it was the worst thing that could happen to Silva in the fourth round. Everything was set up for him to lose momentum. And that's what it was, a momentum killer. That's true. Because he true. tried at points to go forward, but every time he did, there was a momentum killer. It was like a basketball game. Like, people were calling 20 seconds timeouts and shit. It was like that. It, and Bisping got his chin back and was able to survive. I thought he still lost a fifth. And, uh... That's the way the fourth round went. So people saying Anderson just gave up on the gas in the fourth, I don't agree with that. I think just unfortunate circumstances led to him not being able to really push like he should have. But he should have finished a damn thing in the third.
4: Yeah, he should have finished in the third. He should have realized he was down, you know, two rounds to one heading into the fourth. There's the last corners also to blame for that. Well, they were yeah. just
1: very like yes menish to him the entire night.
4: And this, the question is, where does Anderson Silva go from here? Obviously, he cannot compete with the elite. Luke Rockholes and Chris Weidman's. No. You know, Rockhold I don't know. Kills him. I don't even know how a fight with Vitor Belfort goes at this point or Jacare. I, I I don't know. You know, watching Anderson, it feels like he's still a little gunshot.
1: Yeah, you got to give him one. I, I think to make it marketable, you might have to just put him in that all Brazilian card. Like, you know, just give oh, yeah. him a Brazilian fighter, put him in Brazil, try to get your money out of him while you still can. I mean, he
4: can fight at 200 if you want to be real. Like, he didn't really take any damage in no, this but fight. Who?
1: No, Bisping took the worst of it.
4: Yeah. You could find somebody for and Anderson Vitor to fire. again. Well, Vitor's fighting Jacare before that, so they won't oh, have time. Shit. Well, um, um, If Yoro Romero wasn't on the Royds and you know, maybe Royds versus that. Royds, that'd be a storyline. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, there's thing,
1: I, I've been pushing, and I thought it could only come with a win. But if Dana saw him winning, then that's a whole different discussion. Um, him versus GSP. If GSP has one more in him, you say GSP come back for two hundred. You Silva. Just go at it. Give yeah. us that marquee fight. It's legacy fights at this yeah. point. I, it's, it's like watching Floyd and Manny eight years past when it was supposed to happen. Yeah, at least the shit's happening.
4: Yeah, it's legacy fights. There's really nothing left for Anderson Silva to prove except that he can get knocked out. And that's the only thing I could see possibly happening. He may win a few fights here and there, but if he wants GSP? to compete,
1: one eighty-five. I think I think that's a very interesting fight with possible. him and GSP. However, I think, uh, however, GSP's I think G- going to one seventy ever again.
4: No, but uh, however, I think a GSP Anderson Silva just is a lot of Anderson Silva on his back. You know the other thing that's crazy is when B- when Bisping dropped uh, Silva, I believe in the second round, and got yep. and, and he got on the ground and pound. I felt like B- Silva's jujitsu was terrible. Like he was like flailing and like trying to like he felt like he was panicking.
1: Yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> um, Silva just. He lacks the confidence to me right now.
4: That's what I'm saying. He's immortal. Yeah. He He's not immortal. He's a mortal. Yeah. He is. He is like Clark. He saw his blood. Yeah. Like he's like, Superman it's like, oh. like, I can't. I'm just Clark Kent now. Yeah. You know, people still think I'm Superman. So let me try some Superman shit. But I'm still Clark Kent.
1: No. Yeah. He just doesn't have that confidence before. He always had the confidence. Um, And it took a mistake to bring that out of him. But he used to just have that naturally. That right. Killer instinct that, you know, even if he's on his back, I'm going for a choke. Going for like he could finish a fight from there. We saw it with Chell. He he didn't care. He didn't even attempt those things this time.
4: No, I mean you look what he did to Bonner, you look what he did to O'Kami, you look what he did to James Irwin back in the day, you look what he did to Dan Henderson, you look what he did to all these fighters, he just kinda ran them over when he was ready to. You look what he did to Rich Franklin to win the middleweight title. That Anderson Silver, that confidence, that that elusiveness, you look what he did to Forrest Griffin. You know, Forrest couldn't even touch him, but now he's touchable. You know, now he, he doesn't run the 40 in two seconds. He runs the 40 in <laughs> like a 4 or 5 like everybody else. So it takes a little bit more to win fights. I just don't want to see Anderson Silva get hurt. I don't want to see him looking like Roy Jones getting flattened every time he
1: fights. It was like, nope, nope, I'm going to continue fighting. Definitely ruining the legacy, though. Uh, this fight helped, oddly enough, even in a loss. Right. But the end doesn't do justice. He hasn't won a beginning. fight.
4: In since two thousand twenty, my two
1: eyes saw him win a fight. Well, you can count the, the Nick Diaz fight, obviously. Yes, he won a fight. But it's just it's crazy that you think about Anderson Silva. is like, I hate dude, when people try to take shit away like that, like after the fact. I understand he got popped for a test. He won the fight. He forfeited the fight. He but even it. in the Diaz fight, he didn't look great. No, he didn't look great. the Diaz.
4: Right. Well, I mean, again, these are like legacy fights. It's not. These aren't fights that put you in title contention. So. You know, hopefully, Anderson, you know, maybe he gets a fight at 200. Probably not. Probably too short of a time. But I don't want to. I really don't want to see him fight that much
1: longer. One uh, Brazilian we're not going to see in the UFC anymore. Vandale Silva. Yeah, that that
4: guy running from drug tests.
1: Yeah, going to Bellator. um, Okay. I mean, Bellator's a freak show. Versus. I don't know. Who else just went back to Bellator? You can't give him. He's not an old timer yet, right? I mean, not in the Shamrock class. No, he's not that damn. Old. No, but
4: man. I'm. I'm just saying. Like Bellator has clearly become. They realize what they are, right? They are WCW. They're gonna sign these old big names because the the 2.7 million people that watched that that train wreck that was Shamrock and Gracie and Dada and Kimbo. Money don't lie. And then the week after, they did uh, 770 thousand viewers. So clearly, they're doing something right. Even though it's like it's so it's bad for them, because in the short term, it's like. Great. We did all these viewers, but in the long term, you're not building any stars with these old farts in here beating no. each other up. You just got
1: to hope that more old farts come You're right,
4: Because they're not. Because it's not like... Van Aylton Silva's coming on name alone. He's not competing for a world title. No. He's not even close to the same fighter he used to be. But he's there. All right, great.
1: Rampage went back, so... I yeah. Mean, maybe. Maybe those two. Yeah, maybe those two. Actually, were probably those two. Th- that's,
4: that's that's probably what's going to happen. They're going just
1: UFC fights. Yeah, I mean... It.
4: It's legacy. It's, it's all legacy stuff. It's all you know attractions. These aren't you know competitive fights. They have great
1: talent on, in they Bellator. They do, but it seems like now that talent is a little disgruntled. Yeah, I mean that talent is feeling like CM Punk. Like this, the best way that I can put it is their champions, who are really good fighters, are like, why aren't I headlining WrestleMania? Yeah. And why are these old farts still at the marquee, and I got to fight underneath them? And, and then and you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, well, that's why. And then you're like, that's why. Why? Yeah, but it's still like. Someone almost died
4: in the cage. That's what I'm saying. Like, Dada 5,000. Dada is still in the hospital. But, but they like got, got their views. Removed. It's crazy, man. Like I, I, like I said, it's tough to be. If you're a fan of Bellator, if you're like a legit fan of Bellator and want to see it take over the UFC, you can't be happy with the way things are trending right now.
1: No. The numbers are showing an upward trend, but the product doesn't match.
4: No, no. And the great fights. I mean, look at the heavyweight division. Check Congo. And it's like dude all the leftovers are fighting but they again they have great talent yeah. pitbull you have chandler i mean there's a lot of guys that can fight chandler you
1: know? might not be there for long
4: yeah, i think he will i think him and will brooks will have another fight Will brooks will probably beat him and oh will
1: brooks will... is definitely gone well we'll see brooks been popping shit for like a second now
4: yeah well, i mean like i said we'll see bellator is they got i don't i don't know if they even know what they are right now
1: they're just trying to make money and stay afloat for now and then figure it out after Um, before we take a quick break I want to talk about Ronda Rousey and a picture that circulated the internet a little bit Um, I posted it yesterday in a story Uh, you guys can check it out it's just Ronda Rousey taking photos for the new UFC video game that she's a cover athlete for and she looks a lot bigger than what we saw her last Yeah, Uh, she's if my I, It's so hard for me to eyeball women's weight, by the way. But she got to be a legit 160. Yeah, I, I, I'd say for judging from that picture,
4: she's about 160. I mean, it was a lot of depression ice cream, and I'm going to eat whatever I want after I got knocked out.
1: She's And she tried to squeeze back into her fight kit gear, like the same exact size. Yeah. It's like when the chick gets out of high school and tries to fit back into like her cheerleading uniform, and that shit just doesn't work. No, nah. uh, That's what Ronda kind of looked like. But my biggest point to it is, now when you see ronda like that and you see like now she's walking around at a comfortable weight could she cut down to 135 of course but now is the optimum time to say why should she 145 pounds has been the division in female mma for a long time the ufc just decided to go at 135 all the other major female promotions love that 145 pound title cyborg is a 145 pound champion getting paid already by the parent company of the ufc why not introduce a 145-pound weight class, bring in some new women, bring in Cyborg, and have her and Rousey finally have the fight everyone wanted? Now, if Rousey loses that one, she hangs it up. If she wins, she is a champion at 145, and her rematch with Holly Holm for the 135-pound title means so much more. Now it's champion versus champion. It's what we just saw McGregor go after.
4: I, I don't like the idea. I, my problem is Ronda Rousey and her mental state. So, because the, the thing is, is like, all right, so – Ronda wants Holly. She's made no bones about it. Like, that's the fight that she wants, which I think is the worst possible decision. Horrible. She needs a confidence-building fight first to, in order to get – before she fights, you know, Holly again. But it, I, I also realize that Ronda's at this point where she's like, MMA is not going to be every, my everything. I can do other things now. So, to open up a 145 division would have to t- say, hey, Ronda, you're not fighting Holly. You're
1: going to open up this new division. Against who – I don't know. Cyborg. Uh, clearly against somebody. If Ronda but, loses, Cyborg is your champion. And then if Holly wants to move up and pull a uh, Conor McGregor and challenge for the 145, you still have a champion versus champion. If Ronda wins, instead of beating her to Holly, you're probably getting knocked out again. You get two marquee fights out of Ronda instead of one.
4: I don't know if we can get two marquee fights out of Ronda anymore.
1: Either way, you're getting two marquee fights. Either you use Ronda to build Cyborg as a future champion and go against Holly Holm, or whoever she pleases at 145, and create another star. Because, once again, you knock out Ronda Rousey, you're an instant star. We've seen that already. I mean,
4: well, I so wouldn't say either, instant. I'd I say Holly's got in a people big... people know Holly Holm beforehand?
1: What? Ring Magazine
4: the, I, didn't even put her on the cover of a boxing magazine. I know, but this is this is what I'm saying. Like Beating Ronda a second time is not going to be... It's like beating Mike Tyson after a while. It's like, all right, well, it's cool. You You beat Mike Tyson, we know who you are, but... Yeah. It worked out for Evander Holyfield. Yeah, but Evander Holyfield, you know, was the— Buster did it first. It didn't really matter. I mean, but Evander did it what? like Years later. Yeah, exactly. From 90 to 96. He still got that new later.
1: car feel. It's all right. I mean, you know, Pacquiao lost to Bradley. Cool. That Marquez knockout still held some weight. That shit well, yeah. still looked great. So it's it two losses. You got to catch it. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, And if Ronda's going to take back-to-back losses and lose, why do it to the same person when you can build two separate stars and try to get another mega fight out of it? Yeah,
4: try to convince Ronda to do that, though. Therein lies her problem. Listen, Ronda
1: Ronda doesn't know what's best for Ronda. If she did, she would leave the camp she's with. She'd leave the trainer. She'd go get honest-to-God MMA training, and she'd give herself a chance at beating Holly Holm. But she doesn't. She wants to have babies. Papa Brown, and that's cool. That's where she's headed. She's just gonna lose the ability to chew several more times.
4: It's it's just all all it is. Like I said, it'd be great if Ronda was rolling. This would make sense, but for to tell Ronda now
1: nah, we're not. Ronda gonna give wouldn't you a- do that shit when she was rolling. She was scared to death of cyborg. Yeah,
4: I mean, whatever. But the whole point is now it's gonna be hard to say nah, Ronda. You don't. You gotta fight at 140. You gotta open up a new division for us against cyborg. A person who you wasn't going to fight before, and now we're going to put you in. Like, it's just, it won't happen. i like to see it. 145, if Victor has some great talent at 145. Definitely. So it's like, I'd like to see them open up the division. But there's a lot of things you got to tell It's Like, we're about to farm your entire division and then bring them over to the UFC. So there's a lot of things that would have to happen. I'd like to see it work. I just don't think Rhonda's she's not going to be like, yes. Even if she beats Holly, she's still not going to fight at 145. Even if she got the rematch with Holly and won. she probably walk away.
1: Just because she's Ronda.
4: Right, and that's where she's at right now. The, the
1: MMA, she doesn't have much left. It's and as the UFC, once again, she lost, and we have to see what UFC we're going to get now. Because it's it's obvious that Conor can do whatever the hell Conor wants. But outside of that, you're going to have to start putting your foot down. So it's either you're a promotion and a league like the UFC wanted to be and market them marketed themselves as like this is boxing you're going to fight whoever the hell we tell you to fight or you're going to let the inmates run the asylum like conor mcgregor is doing now if conor's offshoot one type of guy cool put your foot down with ronda and say you know what ronda we are putting you in there and we're opening this division 145 and you're going to go for that belt against cyborg if you win you get the holly fight that you want simple we're going to pay you the exact same you're going to make your million plus dollars She's not gonna do it.
4: She has too much cachet with the UFC to, to tell now Dana. Now they're made to run in asylum. Dana, Dana needs to grow something. Hey, it's it's the way it's just the way it is. Unfortunately, is that's the way it's gonna be. I agree with you. I think it'd be great. But even if Holly wins, I'm sure she probably sits there and goes, you know what, I want to fight Ronda. There's money in that fight. Like Bro, what, huge what's Holly gonna do? If Holly beats me to Tate this weekend, what's Holly gonna do? She's calling she, Ronda out in the cage. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if you're not fighting Ronda, who you fighting? She ain't, they're not gonna let her fight again. You know, there's only so many times you can roll the dice, right? Yeah. There's Juliana Pena who says she wants a title fight. There's and there's like Katzenhanu who's been gone since her, she lost to Ronda. There's really nobody else in that division. So Holly is gonna want Ronda, and Holly will get Ronda if she wants her. You know, because that's what Ronda wants too. So it is what it is.
1: All right, so we're going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk boxing, which kind of we skipped over last week somehow. And we're going to talk WWE uh, and kind of elaborate on what we talked about with Jim Ross. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: I
5: said 155 from the beginning. You didn't take 155 though. You did not take I did 155. Too. I did too. You didn't do it. didn't take 155. 155 Nick. Yes, I did. But that's cool. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Get comfortable. Get comfortable. 170. Get comfortable. 170, brother. Get comfortable. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck, I give a fuck. either. A fuck. I don't give a fuck either. I tell you, I like, I like Nick's little brother. I do. I honestly not like I like Nick, uh, Nick's little bro. You know what I mean? How can you not
4: like him? He's he's like a he's like a little cholo gangster from the hood. But at the same time, but at the same time, he coaches kids to tattoo on a Sunday morning and goes on bike rides with the elderly. He makes gun signs with the right hand and animal balloons with the left hand. So. I, I, You're a credit to the community. Fuck you. Fuck Fuck you. I don't give a fuck what you say, motherfucker. Yeah, thugging on mine, motherfucker. What you got? He's alright, Nick. He's okay. Nick's so
5: proud of you all. Go ahead, Evie. Fuck your bitch ass belt, too. Fuck the belt. I don't give a fuck about the belt. The only belt I care about. Why you bring it everywhere? Why you bring it everywhere? I I don't give a fuck about nothing. The only thing I give a a fuck about is a check, and my check's super heavy.
1: I don't give a fuck about no belt, motherfucker. Fight ass with all day. All right, everybody. What's up? We are back. And we promised you we're going to talk some boxing. So here it is. We actually had a ton of boxing to talk about. There was a ton of fights last week yeah. that we forgot to preview. But might as well <laughs> recap them now. Um, starting with Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford annihilates Hank Lundy
4: in five. Hammer and Hank was a hammer. No. And and. and there was really nothing he could do. It's just its another testament to how good Terrence Crawford is. But now we have a problem. Yeah, and I thought Crawford was going
1: to win. I did not think he was going to get him out
4: of there, I especially in that there. fashion. I, I thought he was going to get him out of there. I didn't think it was going to be that quick. I thought he was going to wear him down and wear him out. But damn it, Terrence Crawford is the business. Yo, once he turned it on, I was like, oh, it got real. hes I mean, he's a great switcher. He's got power in both hands. He's extraordinarily precise. His ring generalship is there. He's everything that you need in boxing. But the problem is, it's like, all right, there's Victor Postel sitting on top of the division, and that fight isn't going to be made anytime soon. Yeah. And what do you do with Terrence Crawford? You know, of course, Bob Aaron wants to pair him with Manny if Manny were to beat Tim Bradley. Bradley said he's never fighting Terrence Crawford. So no, I
1: think Bradley would move up before he moved down or a catch weight or whatever it may be. So
4: what's Crawford's left? Crawford's not going to 147. It's kind of small. Well, Crawford, he would fight Manny at 140. He would have fought him at 147. All right. I mean, the, the, All the talent's on the other side. And Bob Arum now hey, he has to make deals. Yeah. And he talked about the possibility of Terrence Croft and Adrian Broner. And I love that fight. It'd be a
1: great fight. We all just want to see Broner get slaughtered. Like, just let Broner win against anybody. Uh, him and Theophane just had their press conference. It, yeah. Broner was clowning at that shit. Brought out Rick Ross and uh, said fuck Mayweather and a whole bunch of other randomness. But if he wins that fight, cool. And then feed him to Croft. That, that's all Broner is right now. He's just the feed em guy. Like, he's going to talk, he's going to build up a fight, and he's going to get wrecked.
4: Well, yeah, he's reached a point in his career where he's still young, which is crazy, but he's reached a point in his career where he hasn't improved that much. He's he's kind of peaked, and we and we need to see how he looks against Ashley Theophane, even though it's not like Theophane's like a world beater by any stretch of the exactly. imagination. But Theophane does have tools that can offset things that Broner does. Um, he's a little fast, he's a little tricky. Uh, you know Broner's still the same flat-footed, you know throw one punch at a time Broner and think he can hurt people. I have to see if he proves. You put him in there with Terence Crawford, the build will be great because now people will be asking who is Broner fighting because not enough people know who Terence Crawford is. Yeah. So give me that fight. By and Heyman, they can figure it out. We're getting to the point now. Like Aram's talked about taking his, his business to Showtime if they don't want, if HBO doesn't want to bite on the Lomachenko fight. It, there's a lot that's going on here.
1: Yes, this is service right here. Uh, By the way, Las Vegas Fight Shop uh, here at Planning Hollywood treating us right during the podcast. Thank you, guys. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, Broner is going to be a good fight for him, and we'll see. I'll believe when I see it because Heyman, I just don't think he feels the need to go over and help anyone at top rank. Especially Bob Arum.
4: Even though PBC is receiving money right now. He got it. They're hemorrhaging money. It ain't his money. It's
1: investors' money. Yeah, well... I mean... Listen, when it ain't your money, you can just let it go. So, so it's like going to a strip club. Someone hands you a thousand dollars. Are you gonna take it home or are you gonna throw it? Oh, of course. I mean, well, shit, I take it home. Wait.
4: Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that's me. I ain't throwing it. I'm taking that shit. Listen, home.
1: they give it to me. I just walk in a strip club. I'm throwing
4: it. I'm taking the, the singles. We'll throw a hundred of those, and I'll take the rest of the money. I'm taking that home. But I think, <laughs> I think when we look at you know the options for Terrence Crawford, this eventually he's gonna have to move up. So, 147 has all the talent. 140 has – they have there's, there's good talent there. So I, I'm curious. I'm curious what they do with Terrence Crawford. Um, another division that's getting interesting is 122 and 126. Leo Santa Cruz beat the piss out of Kiko Martinez this weekend. Um, immediately said that he'd be interested in an Abner Avner fight. Said he'd be interested in anybody. Carl Frampton, who beat uh, Scott Quigg over the weekend. And Frampton didn't look great in that win. But it was a win. Fr- this is the second time that Frampton hasn't looked good. Yeah. Like, he's looked
1: good, but he hasn't looked like the person that we, everybody thought Frampton was going to be. It wasn't exciting. No. He did what he had to do to win. He wasn't in trouble. I guess it was dominating. He let But he, it was ugly.
4: Quick started late and that was a problem. And Quick came on late. And yeah, it was it was just one of those fights where it's just like it doesn't make you want to see either of these guys again. Yeah. However, Frampton still has a UK support, so he's going to travel with him. Frampton versus Leo Santa Cruz, I like to see. But now Gero and Riggandau, who fights like once in an eternity and
1: bores the shit out of people, is calling the entire division out. Which is good because Rigon now, once again, he could fight. He can fight. He's a good fighter. And everyone wanted him to do this three years ago right. you know, and fight the best and, and prove that he was the best when he had that hype. Like, oh, this is the next guy. Like, oh, is he Pacquiao or whatever? But then he fell off face of the earth. Um, so a little late, but if he can still prove it that he has it, there's people there to fight now. Santa Cruz, to me, is sitting at the top. Um, kind of looking down because he puts on exciting fights. Oh yeah, and he's marketable. I mean, the guy has a good personality. Uh, interviewed him a few times. He's a cool guy. Like he's good for that lighter division. He has power. You know, he said he stands in there, bangs him versus Mariz will be an amazing fight. I'm sure that'll be in L.A. Yeah, they could do that again in L.A. Yeah, because you know, pack it there. Uh, I've been to like three Santa Cruz fights, man. I have a ball. Yeah, crowd is rowdy. It's it's amazing. He's he's a great fighter.
4: It's just I'd like to see some kind of way that they can they can pair all these guys up because to me I still think the best skilled fighter, um, and, and with the age as well as Vasiliy Lomachenko. Uh, I, I always say Riganov, but Rigondel is he's he's old. He's Cuban old, so we really don't know how old he is. <laughs> he's Cuban, ain't like no he could be sixty down there. Yeah, yeah ain't no birth, You come over and say what you are. Like how old are you? <laughs> seventeen. You're seventeen and you got an old man face and gray hairs and everything, but. I like to see Lomachenko against somebody like a Santa Cruz. It feels like that they could pair these guys all in inside, inside, uh, some tournament format and just let them all throw down. You know, find Oneto Donaire, make him cut some weight. Like, get in. Like, it's fun right now. That, that the smaller division is fun. Santa Cruz is the anchor of that division,
1: and I, I'd just be interested. In, I hope he gets a, a big Donair name next. Is definitely never fighting. You're talking about somebody who promoted as the next Pacquiao.
4: Um, yeah, it was, I felt bad. As soon as, I mean, they paired him with Riggedown.
1: Riggedown washed him. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's not even going to happen. Um, and to me, the most intriguing part of this weight class and division, and it's not going to happen this year, but just looking forward to the future, is can Chocolate Tito gain enough weight to get into the mix? Yeah, he's got some weight. 22, to... 26. It's not that far off. 10 pounds. Yeah. It's 10 pounds. Does the power translate? Does the aggression translate? Can he get into the mix? Because right now he has no one to fight. But in ten pounds, he has the world ahead of him. Yeah, I mean he's got one person to fight. But aside from that,
4: it's it's the money fights are, are higher in weight. Everybody knows that. It's always Everybody. been the problem with the smaller divisions that they're not money fights. They're not that's not the money weight. And one twenty two, one twenty six seems what was like. What Pacquiao's where it's be. first belt? Pacquiao's wow! I what weight was that? He was that was uh, low, it was right? One eighteen, one twenty. Tiny. When he
1: won his first belt. Wow, you put me on the spot. I'm remember. just saying, but the, it's it's around there, right? Yeah, like, yeah he was small. Then yeah, he blew thinking up. like Chocolatito and all of them. Like, that. Yeah. the guy's struggling to gain 10 pounds to get these these great fights. We saw Manny gain 30. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, and granted questionable, Manny. I mean, you know, people have their reasons for that and their speculations. Uh, it's not every day someone gains 30 pounds and the power translates.
4: Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And I did a whole breakdown years ago on how – how really impossible is nobody carries power the knockout percentages plus the step up in competition should equal a lower knockout percentage but not for many no it was it different got better. <laughs> granted he started when he was 18 and he was fighting that you know he naturally gains a lot of the weight it was going to happen inevitably he you know but yeah chocolatito he's a little bit older a little longer in the tooth i don't i hope he can mix in because he needs some money fights can't be paired with gennady forever Well, uh, maybe you can. I mean, you can ride the wave, but he doesn't want to ride the wave. Be a good opening act for the rest of your life.
1: I think now they want to market him as a marquee guy, and uh, it's not going to happen at 160. No, not at all. So, like, that weight class, him versus Santa Cruz would be an amazing fight. Yeah, well, I mean,
4: Leo would have such a big height and reach advantage. It would be ridiculous. And I wouldn't count Chocolatito out at all. Yeah, well, I have, to, like, I have to see him at a higher weight class. I have to see it to believe it.
1: <laughs> um, so that's boxing, kind of a nutshell. We breezed through that. Yeah. But that's everything that happened this week in the world of boxing. Not too much going on this weekend. Now, nah, Julian boxing.
4: J-Rock Williams is fighting one of my favorite up-and-coming junior middleweights. I, I really like his style. Tony Harris is also fighting on this card this weekend on Showtime. Um, but, you know, they're fighting guys that they should run over. Yeah, uh, Williams, showcase fights. Cool. He wins. He's a mandatory for Charlo's belt. Which I would love to see. Great junior, fight! Look,
1: and Charlo needs that competition. They
4: all do. Junior Junior uh, middleweight is very. They got
1: Demetrius Andrade. Like there are some great talented fighters in this division. People just don't know because they're not marketed the right way. They don't talk. And they're I not mean, fighting each other. Yeah, I mean Charlo. Charlo could be bigger than yeah.
4: what he is. Which one? Because they're both undefeated and they're both junior middleweights I'd and they're say both Jamel, really good.
1: More so than Jamal. <laughs> I mean, I I believe I got that right. Um, I don't know. It's like telling the Bella twins apart. So, um, well, one has boobs, and and neither (laughs) the Charles have boobs. Yeah, I was gonna say it makes it even harder. Um, But they have good personalities. They talk. You know, get them in the right situation, they'll talk some shit. They'll they'll be okay. They can be marketable. It just hasn't happened yet. So we need to see these fighters start fighting each other. It's what we expected out of PBC, right? At least several times a year. They've given it to us with some fighters, but not a lot of them so hopefully True. we see it pick up uh let's touch on wrestling before we get out of here because we do have mcgregor weigh-ins uh or workouts yeah we gotta get team. down there and see if you know mcgregor Connor's gonna be late but whatever yeah so are we <laughs> we're on connor time today uh wwe announced roadblock which is another pay-per-view like it's, for all purposes it's like a beast from the east special it's another one of those which, which is, is almost
4: most these me. things are end up they're inconsequential because nothing really happens. Like it's too it's too late
1: in the game to change titles. But they're building up to this like it is a pay per view because they're not building for Mania at all.
5: They're all building
1: shooting. for Roadblock. I mean, I guess Reigns ain't on TV. Yeah, you get Triple H Ambrose, which we'll talk about on Raw. Building for this Roadblock, and yeah. then after it's done, what? That's it's great. like two and a half weeks to build for Mania.
4: It's a glorified house show, is what it is, and they put it on the network. And kudos to the, the network for figuring these things out because you know everybody's going to tune in, but nobody can possibly expect Dean Ambrose to beat triple, triple H. So I don't know how this progresses this, the narrative. Um, I, I, you know, and all it really does for me is prove that Ambrose is a bigger star than uh, than uh, Reigns right now. Like Ambrose is definitely way, they're
1: burying Reigns with this match. Man. I mean, it's,
4: it's so hard. Like you looked at the crowd. Granted, it was Nashville, but. You look at the crowd reaction from last week's RAW when Triple H decimated Roman Reigns, and the crowd was cheering. There was, was heat. He had heat from beating up Ambrose, and but then what made it better is Ambrose was good when he said thanks when he got the title match. He was face down, it was like thanks in the mic. Yep, everything that Ambrose does is more magnetic, more charismatic, more something that people can relate to. Reigns is—it's just, just—it's over now, like. Dude, yeah. uh, look, Let's, w- uh, before we get hit strong in the, in the Raw, I, I don't know what they're going to do at WrestleMania to prevent a uh, revolt when Reigns beats Triple H for the title.
1: Well, we talked to JR earlier in the show, and he said it. You got to do the The double turn has to be there. Guess um, I don't know if they push the brand split. Uh, I'm not a fan of the brand nah, split. No, I don't think uh, they do. that's not I don't that. want them to. But if Shane McMahon can play a part for long enough and stay and he's in charge of Raw and they're building a Shane versus Stephanie, it's kind of Shane versus the authority right now. That's the storyline right now. Yeah. Um, Shane versus Stephanie. And with that comes Triple H. If Shane goes through his match with Taker, blah, 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 all that happens. And you can put Roman with Shane somehow after he goes over in a heelish way on Triple H, that'd be great. That's how you can do your turn and explain it. And even if it's Vince and Shane versus Triple H and Stephanie. So if you think Vince is against Roman and Vince comes out to interfere and Triple H is there, you are like, damn, he's gonna cause Roman the match. And Vince hits Triple H with the sledgehammer and him and Roman stand there holding the belt up after yeah, the and then Shane hobbles man. his way at his ass out there and hugs Vince and then it's like oh Vince bought him back up to be the ringer and to get rid of Stephanie that's why he gave her the trophy very possible that's that's how you save him that's it and you align him and then you he's Mr. Raw and then you have him out the next day hugging with Shane and now the crowd hates Shane even though he was over and that's that
4: there's just there's a lot. That's the only way to save. Him. I mean, yeah, the the reigns burial at, at WrestleMania is inevitable because I'll be there, booing. Yeah, how can you boo the man, Triple H, who's going to put on this takeover show, that the tickets are higher than Mania tickets to get on StubHub? Like, he's gonna be so over when he comes out. And Reigns has done nothing to help his cause. And then, plus this whole breaking in his nose—whether he really broke his nose or not—the fact that he's not appearing on Raw and Ambrose only is like stealing him. all his thunder. Well, whatever thunder he had left, it only hurts Roman Reigns. Like, there is right now, there is a booking issue, and I know there's an argument going on right now between Vince and the rest of the team about what are we doing with Roman Reigns. And I know Vince is like, we're putting him over; he's yeah. a face, and, and the uh, rest, nobody. I mean,
1: we've seen. JR. talked about it. He mentioned his podcast. He talked about this on his his podcast, that when you tell Vince he can't do something, Vince is going to do it. Yeah. Just to prove a point. And it seems like everyone else says, look. And Triple H is even in a match. And it feels like Triple H is like, look. Like, you know what? We have this glorified house show that we're going to make into a pay-per-view. Let me go out there and let me show you what Ambrose can do. I feel like Triple H is saying this, like, for the team. Like, yo, let me just show you What you're missing out on, on WrestleMania, and me and Ambrose are going to go kill this shit, and then you're going to put me in there with Reigns, and then Vince is going to be like, oh, look at the response. They went crazy. "Eh." Where's Roman? Yeah, and he's going to ignore
4: it Vince is not going to care like, He's not going to care at all Before we did the podcast Like last week I had <laughs> I had a three hour lunch with JR And we, we talked about a bunch of stuff That I can't talk about on the record But we talked about booking right now And yeah he did say like You know Vince is He's adamant Once he wants to put somebody over He's going to put them over No matter what And it's going to take a true revolt To get him not to do what he says he's going to do there's also something I want to point people to where it talks about writing. The Chris Jericho podcast with Freddie Prince Jr. is probably one of the best interviews I've ever listened to. Because <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., who I never knew had such a well-versed background in combat sports, talks very he talks in great detail about his time at WWE and who he wrote for and injuries and how things how Vince tells people to work backwards. This is what I want for Mania. Get us there in three months. And if that's the case, and he was like, I want Triple H and Roman at Mania get us there the 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 writers are in a pickle because injuries happen yeah things
1: get thrown off and vince is like i don't care just get me where i need and to i be. think three months ago they had everything set up for the rollins you know turn to face and roman going over on him and building that up and i think the storyline was there three months ago and they had it i mean we saw we saw roman get cheered in Philly, right and then the injuries happen, and then vince is like they're like, okay, well, shit, we gotta kind of go back to drawing board. Vince like, just throw me in there, yeah. And then he still gets a little bit of a boost. Triple H gives him a boost, and they're like, oh shit, it's too early. Yeah. Now what? They're back to booing him. It's it's just
4: never gonna work with Roman Reigns. Um, speaking of the McMahon's, we we can now talk about Raw. How phenomenal was Stephanie McMahon's promo?
1: Incredible. The crowd didn't hear it, um, but it was a great promo. It was real. She she was, it was uncomfortably real. She's good. Um. But she, it was legit. She was like, your sons have to battle my daughters. And it, it was, like,
4: super real. She is good. Like, listen, she is taking everything that Vince McMahon was when he feuded with Austin. And she is taking it to another level as a talent. And as a. As a she's probably, aside from Heyman, who kind of is just doing lip service now until we get to the main event of WrestleMania, she is the best talker. Yeah. Like, she was phenomenal in that speech. And, and, it, and it, it leads me to believe that, yeah, like... The
1: Stephanie Vince feud is going to happen. Yeah, either Stephanie Vince St- is starting as Stephanie versus Shane, and I think Vince aligns with Shane. Yeah, well, and, and turns on know. Stephanie.
4: I don't know. I don't know if they'll line up, but regardless of what happens, Whatever. Everything that Stephanie's done has you,
1: been big. It's going to be a pick your favorite child situation, right? And that's what they're building towards. Because yeah. it's child versus child, they're going to put Vince in the middle, and somehow Vince is going to take his boy Roman Reigns and stick his ass somewhere there so he can main event stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And maybe that still sets the authority up. Now, see, everyone says we're going to get, um, you know, this S.H.I.E.L.D. feud here in a second because Ambrose is huge and Reigns. And then Rollins is going to come back as a face. Everyone says this. Can he come back with the authority as a face? Because what if Stephanie and Triple H become the faces? They're the face of NXT. People love that. They cheer right. them all the time. If Vince and Shane become the heels and they're running Monday Night Raw and, you know, they turn on Triple H and Roman's their guy who's getting booed and has heat and people hate him anyway. So if it's those three is the heels and the heat, that makes Stephanie and Triple H the face. Well, and Rollins could come back with his authority people and be a face. Well here
4: here's the thing that we're missing here. This means that Vince and Shane need to commit long term to television. Only only Vince. Vince won't commit long term to television. He's after Mania season's over, he's fading to the background. Shane, same thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see Shane coming back for the
1: long term. And then then they do what they always do, which is very weird to me. I never liked. But they appoint the general manager as a mouthpiece. They, yeah. they've always done that. So they just say, "This person is going to be general manager of Raw. We control it, and that that person becomes the heel." Yeah, I mean, we'll, Which we'll see. Which is always horrible, unless they bring in a good general manager. But I don't, I don't see who the hell it can be at this point. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because well,
4: like going back to this whole roadblock thing, it's like you know Brock's off television. It's like there's a lot of weird things that are going on. But the rest of Raw,
1: even though I think Brock comes out and annihilates uh, Ambrose after Triple H. Yeah, show.
4: yeah. No, he'll get his hands on him at that card. At that card, yeah. Because it got to start pushing towards Mania at this point because now everybody's focused on Ambrose and Triple H as, like, the main event program. Um, the rest of World Raw wasn't necessarily a great
1: show. It didn't push a lot of storylines around. Like Owen's big show. Come on, man. I, I don't care. Um, it seems like they're setting up for Roadblock, thank God, not WrestleMania. But now who do you build for Mania? You have two weeks to put...
4: Because it seems like AJ's tied to Chris Jericho right now. You know what
1: I've heard? It's not great. I mean, you know, um, diving knee deep in the dirt sheets, which isn't the best thing sometimes. Um, But they say Y2J and AJ are going to turn on each other, you know, in the tag thing. Shit's going to go wrong and the partnership's going to, you know, sour. Yeah, that's, that's like you could see that coming a mile away. Yeah, And then the Miz has his feud with Ziggler right now. And those two are going to go at it. The Miz just took the W on Raw. And it, which was stupid. It, it was completely inconsequential. And all okay. four, those four and Owens are going to go for a ladder match at Mania. Uh, I mean. And, and they're going to do what they did again last year. Here's, here's which AJ Styles and Owens by themselves in the ladder match, I'm hype. You start throwing in too many pieces and it's a spot fest and half of the guys aren't that great, I can't do it.
4: But what you're, what you're doing is you're minimalizing Kevin Owens' talents in, the, in, yeah. the, in this whole thing. Like y2j and aj styles all right i'm just gonna put it out there they have they don't have the greatest chemistry in the ring against each other no their matches you know people are like these are great no nah, they're, they're okay, okay. yeah they're, they're so so y2j is a master of the botch at right. this point. yeah he's just i mean him and their timing has been off and he doesn't even a, do the lion's hammer right anymore that and, pissed me off above all and miz has been great on the mic but this weird feud with dolph ziggler makes zero sense right now none um and yeah, yeah, so Ryan
1: back who's being built up who might get thrown in that match as well if they want to nah, go six people? It
4: feels like Ryback's going to be on some terrible heel run. Ryback's crushing people. Yeah, yeah. But Kevin Owens is your best, probably your best talker. That's a, that's an in ring competitor, and you're minimalizing him by not having him set up a, a long term feud with somebody other than the Big Show. Like if you're going to go the AJ Styles route, you should have went with it already. But tying like this Y2AJ thing, which is like the worst name in the entire again, world. Once again, they're
1: trying to. I wouldn't be surprised if the New Day win. Via you know cheating on Raw or what are they fighting on Raw or SmackDown for the title match? It's on Raw, I, I, I don't know, um, I don't know, but I feel next like next week on Raw it's a title match uh between Y2 AJ and Ugh, stop saying that, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a horrible name. And uh, the New Day, I feel the New Day cheats because they always cheat, they'll win and then they'll announce the title match again, the rematch for Roadblock, which is the only thing they're building up. The Wyatts created a coded promo. To who? They have be, they have nowhere to go. They're all gonna Bray be Bray Wyatt hundred, versus Ryback, and he's gonna crush him.
4: They're all gonna be in the Andre the Giant Royal Rumble. <laughs> Watch. At this point, because Bray has nobody. He's paired with nothing. He's
1: gonna be paired with heel Ryback. That'll be and terrible. And heel Ryback's gonna crush we, Bray. We've seen that already, though. We've seen But so he went over on the on them in a tag match once and then Bounced.
4: It's horrible. Like, and here's the dilemma with the New Day. Because you've already tried to set the gears turning in this New Day League of Nations feud, which the League of Nations have become like a joke. Because yeah. there's so much talent there with Rusev running. Rusev r- is doing well right now. Rusev he's is running the show. Really well. yeah, yeah, like, he's running the show. But. Why are they not pushing? Like, the League of Nations just look like a bunch of jokes.
1: But They need to break
4: up. They're trying to build this feud with New Day and League of Nations from that from Fastlane. But then but has, they abandoned there's, it. There's no
1: momentum. They, no. They've
4: gone with this robot program. It's like when pay per views get in the way of your stories. Yep. Like, Fastlane got in the way of WrestleMania. They had to book a bunch of stuff, put it together, and then it was like,
1: well, why are we doing all this? And then stuff? they're just like, hey, we still don't got anything. Let's buy ourselves two weeks. Let's throw in another pay per view event.
4: So to have two weeks to build towards WrestleMania is is, is strange, and which leads me to the next thing. Undertaker's appearance on Raw. Um, it was short. I felt like there wasn't much to say because there really wasn't much to say. Like, what else can Undertaker say except for, I'm going to kill your son, LOL. And leave. And <laughs> <It bounced. laughs> He was on there for like two minutes. Yeah, it's it just like he arrived. He said he's going to, you know, the blood's on your hands, Vince, and I'm out because I really have no reason to be on your side.
1: So oh yeah, Cena yeah, he's back, in, he's working it's, out uh, U.S. title Cena. I don't even Why know the what the Cena hell does. Why does Kalisto still have the belt? He's only tag team wrestling. They might as well just throw the belt in the trash
4: because that's exactly what they've done with this U.S. title. God. It doesn't matter. Like have Kalisto in Big Show wrestle. Like Kevin Owens, Owens do something, something else. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like don't tie Kevin Owens to, to the Big Show. It's, he's too good.
1: It's just bad all the way around, man.
4: Um, let's also talk about this. The, What I felt like was an absolutely horrific finish to the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch match They tried
1: to go NXT style like uh, NXT did it a week ago with uh, Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn that worked out perfectly Um, They did it twice in NXT flawlessly the first time it was a triple threat and they both had Corbin tap Joe had uh, the crossface and Sami Zayn I had a, a leg submission. I forgot what the hell it was. It was it, like a. It was all, dude. That was all very well done. It. That was great. And then this last time they had the double pin. It made sense. Uh, it, it was like amazing. And the way they landed the double pin, it looked natural. They're yeah. like, oh shit, Joe's shoulders were on the ground. You saw Sammy everything. Showed, it was amazing. This one was just like, wait, headbutts, fall off the turnbuckle. Why is Becky laying back? Yeah, and, like, and why is Sasha no laying damage. back? Like Sasha, like there, there was
4: no psychology in that match. Like for, for, if you watch that match. Nothing made sense Like Nothing. Becky would level Sasha with forearms, arms If Sasha would just go into her offense And they go both go into each other's offense So when it came time for those headbutts they should've, There should have been like some visual effect Of Sasha being weary and dizzy so That made her fall back Or the commentary team should have sold it a little better Michael Cole would say, you know, she's got head trauma Or Maro, something Maro, Maro. That's Maro. why we need Maro Ranello <laughs> But the powerbomb and then Sasha just kind of flopping Onto
1: her back and then this double
4: pin It was stupid
1: It was just horribly set up. Like, just say, Um, just, just do it. Like, just they're gonna have a triple threat. I'm assuming. Yeah. Just do it, though. Unless they're building towards roadblock,
4: a one-on-one. Don't do that. Just, just, just do this. Just say, we're gonna have a triple threat match at Mania. We're not gonna waste your time with these stupid ass matches, and we're just gonna have them cut promos on each other each week and then fight. That's really it. No matches. How about you fight other people? Yeah, fight Naomi because Naomi looks great in the ring.
1: And just run in, not to save each other anymore. Run
4: in and beat the shit out of each other. Or or each of you run in on your own, on the other's matches. Like when Charlotte's wrestling, here comes Becky, here comes Sasha. Like, steal the belt, do something. But this this, this is stupid.
1: You know, Becky can be super over face and she can come in and save whoever Charlotte's trying to cheat against. And then Sasha, who is a heel, by the way, come in and do heel shit.
4: They gotta figure it out.
1: Just come over and Ric Flair's trying to, you know, do his little jig at ringside, trying to distract someone. Have Sasha come out and just slap Ric Flair. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Rick Flair is like a puppet right now. He kind yeah, of I'm just hangs you, around and dances. I want to see
1: a bank statement on Rick Flair. Do Distract something. Charlotte, bank statement, Rick Flair. That's great. That's a pop. No All one right. likes Rick Flair at this point. No.
4: So, so before I want to talk about ROH, which we went to the 14th anniversary this weekend. Before we close up, shout show. out to
1: Moose coming on the show before that.
4: But before I, match, Moose, before I talk about that, I want to talk about the fact that. The Fabulous Freebirds are getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yes. And the week before The Godfather got inducted into the Hall Correct. of
1: Fame. Correct. It's an odd The irony odd of a pimp of
4: and a, a crew of Confederate flag waving races <laughs> yeah. are in the same Hall of Fame. Like, there was not another black wrestler that we could pick to get into the Hall of Fame other than the Godfather. There's not
1: who do you want? There's only so many.
4: I mean, I don't know. Just the Godfather. What has the Godfather really done to earn? The Godfather was okay. I mean, he had multiple characters. I mean, Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Ma- making the Ultimate Warrior throw up is still that was still hilarious. But you know, Kamala Mustafa, a- like he was yeah. ten thousand people. But the Godfather, and it was like black, the end of Black History Month. It was like the Godfather, and I was like, Jesus Christ, are you serious? I like the-, the whole train. You
1: feel how you want to. No, feel you could like
4: it, but is it Hall of Fame worthy? Is it something that you want to represent you with in the Hall of Fame?
1: There's worse shit in the Hall of Fame. Hogan was in the Hall of Fame. I'm all right with the Godfather. Yeah,
4: man. It's just, but then it was like the week after, it was like, and then we got this Confederate flag wearing Michael P.S. Hey, I was like, Yo, oh, people God. People were not happy about the Freebirds going in. Hey, the, it's Texas. You know they're going in in Texas.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're back-ass country Texas, which is cool. And they have, like, the rocker mentality and all that stuff. Um, I, I didn't feel like that. I, I guess moved to – boycott the free birds i understand to me it's just my point of view by the way it's they weren't overly racist they were just overly texas and that's how texas was at the time Uh, i i believe that might still be how texas is i'll tell you when i get to (laughs) mania i was at a south by last year and i stayed at an airbnb so i wasn't like close to the action right and i had to uber every day down there and I stayed away from there and i was like oh shit like people gave me weird looks because there's not that many black people away from you know university of texas campus so i was just walking i walked to get a sandwich from a barbecue place and uh i walked in a number of white people they looked at me kind of crazy you know like they gave me the side eye and i was just like i come in peace i just oh, i just want to pull pork uh and so texas is just a different place they I were mean- just overly
4: texas uh, Michael Hayes, there's you know there's been all kinds of stories about him saying dropping N word and saying doing a bunch of racist shit. So I get the you know some, some of the outcry, but the Freebirds also drew a ton of heat. They're few with the Von Ericks. Like if you go back and Great watch those few. old, sh- like people were ready to jump the rails and kill Michael Hayes and, and the crew for the, for what they did.
1: Um, and we wouldn't have New Day today without the Freebirds. To tell no. you the truth. like the Freebird rule is, yeah, still I mean, the dopest shit they did. In the wrestling. It. They were
4: fun. It's just, it's just weird to see them and the Godfather in back-to-back weeks going to the Hall of <laughs> Fame, and then you got Sting. Like, what? Sting, <laughs> just like, oh, I just I'm, got injured. They threw I'm me a here. bone. Yeah, I'm here. Fulfilling my contract. Yeah. So before we get out of here and go see Conor
1: McGregor, who we hope is on time, um, we went to Ring this weekend, 14th anniversary show. Yes, it was dope. Uh, it was great to be there. Reverse Rat Pack, uh, Danny Acosta. We're in the building. Yeah, Danny Acosta, Ryan McKinnell, Marcus Vanderburg. Uh,
4: Shoot, we were, we were pretty deep I mean, Botter was there Yeah, Dave Meltzer was there Meltzer
1: was there And we had the Young Bucks give a nice little homage to Meltzer Which has to be the dopest thing in the world, by yeah. The way. yeah, When they have a move named after you and do it And you're just like watching in a crowd Has to be like yeah. the coolest shit Botter
4: was telling me Meltzer was marking out the entire time <laughs> which, is, which is dope But the show as a whole, like the 14th anniversary show um, It was fun, we were there It wasn't the greatest ROH show uh, The pacing was really, in my opinion, was terrible like, the fact that they put on the Never Championship fight with, with Omega and the Young Bucks against ACH, 8s like, That was a match at night. Though. But then to put the War Machine, All Night Express match after it, even though the match wasn't bad, it was just in a horrible spot. Yeah. We were
1: burnt after the Young Bucks exactly. match. But you didn't want to burn out the main event. See, so that's – it's either it, it going to be a roller coaster, Evan flow. Or it's going to be a constant build. But that's your
4: tag team title match, which makes me feel like, all right, maybe you should have put the Bucks earlier in the show. Like, I don't know where you would have put them, but the pacing was off. The Adam Page, BJ Whitmer fight. I was like, why is this even happening? Yeah. The Alex Shelley, Christopher Daniels match. All we knew was the Motor City Machine Guns were getting back together. Yep. And everything else was like, why is this match happening? Okada and Moose was great. Yep. We got to see. It was a great story. It was two guys that never faced each other. Okada going over on Moose clean. It would, there was no trickery. It didn't need to be too long. It was what it was. Drop kit fest. Yeah, I that like match it. made sense. The TV title match, aside from the ref botching the three count earlier <laughs> in the match, but with Roddy Strong and yeah. uh, and uh, Ishii. And, uh, who am I forgetting? Who else was in that match? Um, Ishii won. Uh, oh, Bobby Fish. Bobby um, Fish, yeah. But that was a a good match. You know
1: what? Red Dragon just continues to deliver. And I love seeing them, you know, obviously separate matches in person. And they can go. Great wrestling. I still don't like them as tag team. That (laughs) shit ain't never changing. Well. They won too much in New Japan.
4: Get them the hell out of here. So uh, the only thing that, I mean, the best match on the card obviously was the the six-man. But the main event wasn't bad either. Jay Lethal retaining the title against O'Reilly and Cole in that beautiful spot. Where, you know, the the submissions, the arm bar and the figure yep. four and, you know, blocking, you know, Cole from tapping out. We were, that like that. was great. Um, I think it's very and I interesting.
1: I love the double uh, lethal injection. Which is yeah. A great way to end it.
4: I think it's interesting that lethal is still holding this title after it's all going this on time. on a year, right? Yeah. Like, and ROH is notorious. black people. <laughs> but they're also notorious <laughs> for keeping the title on somebody for a long time, which I've always loved. I don't like quick title changes. I don't like placeholders. You know, even when Michael Elgin held the title, it was like, whatever. You knew he was going to lose the belt soon. But Lethal, you know, people thought it was going to be O'Reilly's time to go over, and he didn't. So now, who's the man? Like, who's going to take Lethal's title? Lethal's still the man. Like, at global, I, I think that's what they're showing. I feel like at Global Wars, like, we have to get Okada versus going? Lethal. What? Global Wars is in Philly and Toronto. They do, like, a seven-day tour. Yeah. Supercar to Honor is the WrestleMania it's weekend. the WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. But I mean... Um, we yeah, I'm probably going to be there man. They're doing it for two nights It's just a lot of wrestling, dude It's a lot of wrestling for WrestleMania Regan But yeah, I'm we're there going, We got to go to all that shit, by the way
1: There's like a, There's an a Super con show. wrestling Yeah, act. Wrestlecon night Wrestlecon I'm going to that shit, too Just because I got to see Ricochet in person It's a Him, lot Him, Zack Sabre Jr. is in that Like It's, a lot. Dude, it's like, a lot of wrestling Rey Mysterio, I was like, oh, you got me
4: It's a lot of wrestling Just it, Both parties To tie it all up night. is like Ring of Honor Like 14th anniversary show was good Not the greatest show ever I had a lot of fun Um I'm just interested in seeing where Ring of Honor goes with the new Japan thing and how far they take this cuz EC still has the TV title. Yep. Which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? I, I like to see them bring in guys like Shibata. Um and then, you know, and for those who haven't watched, you know, watch Access this weekend with JR calling the matches. It's going to give you a completely different perspective on matches. Oh yeah. When you listen to him and Josh Barnett call New Japan matches, it's Earlier, pretty amazing. Earlier, we
1: gave you a little preview of them calling the match, and if that didn't get you hyped, then I don't know what the hell will yeah. cuz uh Earlier in the show, you could obviously hear them calling Okada versus AJ Styles, and JR is just like all in yeah, on I'm, it. Yeah, uh, I'm a here for great it. Great little snippet. Make sure you guys watch this weekend. All right, so it's time to get out of here. Let's That's go it. see. We Kyle. gotta run. We gotta run to the MGM. We're leaving our home here at the Las Vegas Fight Shop. Remember, if you guys are in Vegas, you guys can always catch us here. WrestleMania weekend. Say what's up to us. We're gonna be around. We're gonna be everywhere in Dallas. Uh, we're gonna try to get our show up from Dallas. Probably give you guys a special episode. What's crazy is that week is our one year anniversary. Is it? It is. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's special. So, we're going to do a normal show on Wednesday or Tuesday before we leave, and then we'll have our one year anniversary show somewhere from Dallas. We'll work it out, we'll figure out how it goes, but we'll give you guys a special episode that week since it's our one year. We're at WrestleMania, and we don't give a damn. Wait, wait.